0: hey there everybody and welcome to this presentation on an alternative lifestyle approach to the dopamine fast i'm your host dr donnelly snipes there's been a lot of talk about the dopamine fast over the past few months and it has become sort of a fad if you will and so i want to talk a little bit about what that is what dopamine is and a potential alternative more lifestyle centric approach to the do- dopamine fast so in this video we're going to talk about the function of, of dopamine we're going to av- overview the dopamine system we'll explore the concept of tolerance and withdrawal identify the main principles of the dopamine fast highlight some potential dangers of the dopamine fast and then explore a dopamine fast alternative does the dopamine fast actually reduce dopamine no dopamine fasting is a catchy title that some very enterprising publisher came up with for a book that explores principles for reducing compulsive and addictive behaviors and enhancing mindful awareness and mindful behaviors the dopamine fast focuses on eliminating or greatly reducing problematic pleasurable behaviors and that's one of the things that seems to be very strongly emphasized in the dopamine fast additionally the dopamine fast can be done intermittently a certain number of hours per day like one or two hours or four hours a night or a certain number of days per week for example the two weekend days or a certain number of weekends per month but what does dopamine actually do dopamine is so much more than our quote pleasure chemical in reality dopamine is actually not a pleasure chemical it's a motivation chemical and it prompts the release of other neurochemicals like endorphins that help us feel pleasure dopamine is involved in our movement people with Parkinson's disease and restless leg syndrome have a dysfunctional dopamine system. Dopamine is involved in our energy levels. People with high dopamine tend to have high energy, and people with low dopamine tend to have low energy, which is one of the reasons that people on antipsychotic medications, for example, may feel more fatigued because antipsychotic medications act to lower dopamine levels in the brain dopamine is also integral in a sleep process by assisting in the regulation of the circadian rhythms so that's another really important thing there we need good sleep dopamine is also implicated in our libido low dopamine low libido and pain modulation low dopamine low pain tolerance dopamine is also recently been associated with inflammation as dopamine levels go down systemic inflammation levels may go up additionally and this is the one we generally think of with dopamine is mood when people are engaging in activities that are pro-survival or pleasurable dopamine is released and often increases other neurochemicals that do produce the pleasure like our endocannabinoids our endorphins and serotonin dopamine is also involved in cognition or our thought processes it helps us with attention if we're going to do something uh, and and our body's going to say hey let's do that again dopamine is saying hey pay attention to this dopamine is involved in memory formation it helps us figure out what to pay attention to and help helps us form those memories and it also prompts decision making based on what's going to produce survival what's going to produce the most pleasure dopamine is what I generally call a motivation chemical and again it's involved in so many different uh biological and psychological processes that grossly um underestimates its power but dopamine levels are really integral in motivation it's our I want to do that again neurochemical I want to get off the couch and go do that neurochemical and dopamine is also important in impulse control people who have low levels of serotonin and high levels of dopamine tend to be more impulsive serotonin helps with mood regulation so if people are having difficulty regulating their mood they may be more likely to act impulsively dopamine receptors like most other neurotransmitters dopamine receptors are found throughout the body they're not just in the brain they're not just in any one place and imbalances can be caused by a variety of things we need to remember that just saying my dopamine is too low or too high is a significant oversimplification of what's going on and in order to fix it we need to understand a little bit more about what could be causing the symptoms of not enough dopamine there may be enough there it's just not the system's not working well too little dopamine may be made for some reason the person either due to their nutrition or stress in their life they may not actually be producing enough dopamine it's possible too much or too little being secreted in response to a stimulus when the brain is overstimulated for a long period of time it starts to turn down its sensitivity to stimulation so things that normally would trigger somebody's attention or get them motivated just doesn't do it anymore so the brain becomes or the nervous system becomes less responsive to stimuli in the environment likewise if somebody has experienced trauma they may become what we call hyper vigilant so their brain is on high alert and people respond extremely strongly to stressors in their environment or to stimuli in their environment it could be that there's a dopamine imbalance either too much or too little because the dopamine is staying in the synaptic space for too long when dopamine or not long enough when dopamine is released from one neuron into the synaptic space before it goes to the other neuron the receptors it sits there for a minute and the longer it sits there the more is absorbed at a certain point the brain releases enzymes that break down the dopamine and it gets taken back up it gets put back into storage if you will and I know for you you neuroscientists over there you're probably cringing but let's just go with that analogy um so if it doesn't stay in the synaptic space for long enough if it's broken down and put away too quickly then not enough gets through to the other side likewise if it sits in the space for too long then the other side becomes super saturated or hypersaturated. too much gets through so it's important to recognize that it may not be dopamine itself it may be the enzymes that break down the dopamine that are out of whack insensitivity or hypersensitivity of the dopamine receptors can also cause alterations in dopamine levels for various reasons some people's receptors when dopamine comes a knocking may not be as sensitive but other times the receptors are super uh, supercharged and will respond excessively strongly during addiction especially uh, or anything that causes excessive stress and a neurotoxic environment in the brain it's possible that dopamine receptors actually get eliminated and new neurons neurogenesis the new neurons that are formed kind of shrivel think about being in a garden when you plant a plant from the time it's a seed through a seedling that's when it's most vulnerable to being scorched by the sun or to drought once it turns into a plant and it has some good solid roots it's a lot more resilient so we need to recognize that if people's brains are regularly scorching if you will the new neurons then we may start seeing a loss of a net loss of of neurons in the brain and we've seen in people who have PTSD who have chronic stress who have addictions that there is a significant change in the structure and the density of the brain and there can be just a breakdown in the communication between neurons maybe stuff goes from one neuron into the synaptic space gets picked up by the receptors and it's sent down to the next um neuron but there's a breakdown in the communication there's a breakdown in the nervous system so there are a lot of different reasons that dopamine can get out of whack and focusing on dopamine itself greatly greatly oversimplifies our system homeostasis is a term we use a lot and it means balance and each person has a thermostat if you will to maintain homeostasis of the different neurochemicals in their body alterations of any hormone or neurochemical impacts most other hormones and neurochemicals so alteration in dopamine is going to impact the levels of serotonin endorphins norepinephrine glutamate thyroxin oxytocin our bonding hormone and even estrogen and testosterone when neurons are exposed to ultra high levels of a hormone or neurotransmitter the nervous system very rightly regulates itself that's the awesome thing our brain and our body are wired for self-preservation so when it starts running too hot if you will it takes steps to Reduce the stimulation. If too much stimulation exists, if there's too much dopamine, for example, then receptors are shut down, if you will, um, in order to prevent system overstimulation. Think about alcohol. When people drink alcohol, initially they may get a buzz from drinking one or two drinks and then it doesn't take long before it takes far more than that for them to get the same buzz that is their body shutting down the receptors and saying you know what no I'm not gonna I'm not going to let that stimulation through when we were younger or when I was younger many many years ago there were movies that were out and when people watch movies from the 70s and 80s now a lot of times they find them dreadfully slow and boring back then we thought they were just super exciting but we've become habituated we've become used to this high intensity constant stimulation both visual and auditory during movies that the old-fashioned movies aren't stimulating enough anymore so our as a society We have actually become somewhat tolerant to dopamine in many situations if too little dopamine exists and this occurs people start experiencing cravings uh, or withdrawal Uh, if the cravings are not acted on if the person doesn't self-medicate by engaging in a something that will produce a dopamine tsunami uh, eventually more receptors are created and because they're not maintaining that neurotoxic environment, those receptors are able to flourish from seedling to full plant. Now, the dopamine fast, if you will, may have some benefits to it because no matter how you do it, if you are giving your body a break from this overstimulation, it can be beneficial. Think about if you are driving your car and you're driving it on the interstate or wherever and you are just pedaled in the metal not advocating for it because I'd be breaking the law and you drive for a long long time and your engine block starts heating up well then you take a break you let it cool down and then you start driving again well that's possible and if you have not been in a habitual state of overstimulation then the dopamine intermittent dopamine fast can be really helpful because you haven't done made permanent changes in the brain you've just gotten that engine block a little too hot and you need to let it cool down so that can be really cool unfortunately and like everything there is no one-size-fits-all treatment or intervention that works for everyone and the biggest caveat that I've seen with the dopamine fast and we see the same thing with yoga and meditation in some people who have uh trauma histories suddenly eliminating all sources of quote excessive stimulation can lead to significant physiological and psychological discomfort when people are forcing themselves even if they're doing it will willingly when they're forcing themselves to sit with their own thoughts with their own feelings with their own sensations and they become aware of those it can trigger a cascade of flashbacks and dysphoric feelings which may be really overwhelming to somebody with trauma reduced levels of dopamine stimulation uh, may also trigger them to want to self-medicate because uh, they've seen that if, when dopamine levels are reduced, when dopamine levels go lower, that PTSD symptoms may increase, and they they've seen this some too in people who take um, antipsychotic medications and have PTSD. They've noticed that if dopamine levels get too low, PTSD symptoms may come back. It's not saying that somebody with a history of trauma can't do meditation can't do yoga can't do eventually a dopamine fast what i am saying is that the person needs to be very aware of the possibilities of what could happen when they still themselves and have tools and support to deal with that in the event that it starts triggering distress i promote what we'll call a dopamine fast alternative and I've talked about this in uh somewhat in other videos on resetting the nervous system the dopamine fast alternative is a lifestyle approach and what I'm encouraging people do, to do it's not for an hour it's not for a weekend it's an actual intentional reduction of overstimulation on a daily basis throughout your life so it's a lifestyle approach to reduce activation of the stress response we're not just targeting dopamine we're not just targeting problem behaviors what we're trying to do is reduce the activation of that stress response system reduce the um, neurotoxic environment from all those excitatory chemicals that are just running way too hot in this way we're hoping to help the person feel less wired or conversely exhausted sometimes people feel really really wired and then as soon as they sit down they're just plumb exhausted and that's not really how we're meant to be so the dopamine fast alternative or the DFA lifestyle is one that embraces moderation stress even you stress and that's positive stress like going to a theme park or riding a um, uh, a roller coaster triggers excitatory neurochemicals and this we will refer to as our hot neurochemicals when those are happening your physiological processes are increased your heart rate's going faster your breathing's going faster your excitatory neurochemicals are flooding the brain even if you've had a wonderful day if you've been at a theme park all day riding rides and experiencing you know regular surges of euphoria you're going to be plum exhausted by the end of the day it's not just negative stress or distress that causes us to feel exhausted that causes us to burn through energy chronic stress can create a neurotoxic environment that can lead to neuronal death and systemic inflammation by eliminating excess input excess stimulation you're able to reduce neurotoxicity including neurotoxicity of things like norepinephrine and glutamate which are two of our stress um, distress fight or flight hormones by reducing excess stimulation we allow ourselves to learn to notice our feelings and develop the skills we need to tolerate distress so when we feel angry or scared or depressed we don't automatically start getting stressed out about it and feel like we are going to be overwhelmed we don't automatically trigger a additional stress reaction we become more mindful of ourself and our environment we start to notice how we're feeling we start to notice the things around us how many things do you miss because you're typing on your phone or because you're listening to music and just be bopping along and you don't notice things like bunny rabbits that are hopping along on the side of the road by reducing excess stimulation we also encourage ourselves to find other sources of dopamine and simple pleasures now those simple pleasures may not produce the same intensity of a rush that addictive behaviors do that um, adrenaline type activities do that drugs do Uh, but it's going to help us recognize it's going to help us feel content without feeling overstimulated so these simple pleasures can be anything whatever it is that makes you smile and a lot of times when we are overstimulated we are so focused on you know all being bombarded by everything we miss a lot of the good stuff we miss a lot of the rainbows and the bunny rabbits and the you know pretty flowers and by reducing excess stimulation we allow ourselves to become better able to identify and address the underlying causes of compulsive or impulsive behaviors a lot of times we engage in these compulsive behaviors or addictive behaviors in order to escape or avoid either physical or emotional distress as soon as we're not engaging in those behaviors we notice the distress and we're given the opportunity to figure out okay well instead of just avoiding it you know sweeping it under the rug what can I do to actually deal with it and sometimes our compulsive or impulsive behaviors are just under stimulus control which means we're on autopilot we see something we do something we see a television we turn it on we see food we eat it and by becoming more mindful and reducing excess stimulation we are more able to notice when we have an urge and discover that we can have an urge without having to act on it which decouples that stimulus control so instead of the stimulus controlling us the stimulus may trigger us but our brain has control so what do you do in a DFA start by creating a more relaxing environment and there are three S's safe secure and singular it needs to be safe if you don't feel safe if you can't actually sit down take a breath relax close your eyes and not be stressed out or fearful that's not a safe environment so what can you do to create a safe environment what can you do to create an environment in which you feel secure in which you feel loved and what can you do and this is the really hard one for us for most of us anymore is to create a singular or a mindful environment and what I mean by that is creating an an environment in which you're focusing on one thing in the moment if you're eating you're focused on eating you don't have the television on and the dogs barking and the the baby throwing stuff on the floor now you obviously the baby may you may need to pay attention to them I'm not saying not to but recognizing focusing on his few things as possible in the moment if you're watching television you're watching television you're not watching television and knitting and waiting for your phone to ring and looking at push notifications when they come up you are that's that's me Um, (laughs) you are focusing on the television or if you're knitting you're focusing on your knitting that's the first step You know, really start figuring out how can I create an environment that's safer and more secure? So doing just that is going to reduce your stress because you don't feel hypervigilant. You don't feel like you've constantly got to be on edge. Like when are the dogs going to bark? Or when is somebody going to come in and need something? It's an environment where you can relax. And singular. And that will come next. And choose activities one at a time singular focus when you do something when you take a shower focus on taking a shower you know not listening to the news and thinking about what you got to do at work but focus on the shower when you are brushing your teeth identify particular activities and try to focus on those as you do them that in and of itself can reduce a lot of stress but start there and remember this is a lifestyle approach so you aren't going to do all of these things the same day you're going to gradually add them in as you get good at one then you can add in another one practice deep diaphragmatic breathing for one minute three times a day and i encourage you to put in push notifications in your in your phone whether it's when you get up and at lunch and when you go to bed or some other random times set a timer for one minute so you don't have to count your breaths you just breathe in for a count of four or maybe eight hold for a count of four or maybe eight exhale as slowly as possible hold for a count of four or maybe eight and eventually you won't even need to count you'll just breathe in take a really big deep breath as much as you can you'll hold for as long as you can you'll exhale slowly and then you'll hold for as long as you can and then you'll repeat it. And in 1 minute, you're probably only going to have time to do a couple of those breaths. So it's not something that's going to feel like an eternity. I also encourage you when you start doing practicing the breathing to also practice doing it when you notice you're feeling stressed or overstimulated. If you're feeling overstimulated at your desk, just push yourself back You know get into a place where you feel safe and comfortable so you can relax for a minute close your eyes and take one of those deep breaths hold it exhale hold it maybe do it a second time but that will trigger your vagus nerve response that'll trigger your relaxation response and help reduce the excitement or um neurotoxicity of the brain stay hydrated that's a really easy one but hydration is essential for maintaining uh, neurological communication throughout our body it's essential for pain management it's essential for cushioning our joints staying hydrated can reduce distress it can reduce uh, activation of your stress response because of pain reduce caffeine caffeine triggers a rush of dopamine and norepinephrine so reducing caffeine is one easy way sort of easy way to give your brain a little bit of break of a break so it's not running as high it's not running as hot reducing caffeine from most people it's suggested that you do it gradually reducing by maybe a 10th every week so it'll take 10 weeks to get down to full decaf but that will prevent a lot of your headaches and irritability that may come along with reducing caffeine find activities that help you relax and take regular stimulation breaks I encourage you to do this throughout the day and i'll do it at our office when i start feeling overstimulated, i will go out and i will just take a walk around the office complex now it's not a park but it's nice where i used to work at we actually did have a park right behind the uh, center that i worked at and we could go out and just walk around the uh, walk around the building and it was very nature like and very relaxing one lap around I didn't hear um, over um, overhead pages I didn't hear phones ringing there was no chance of having email alerts come up or anything I was just out in nature for a few minutes and they've actually shown that some of the terpenes some of the things that we smell when we're in a natural environment can reduce blood pressure and reduce our stress levels engage in only mild exercise if you're feeling run down or unmotivated and I have two asterisks by this because some people this will cause them even more stress obviously you need to choose interventions that work for you but moderate to intense exercise increases cortisol and some of your stress hormones at least briefly mild exercise actually reduces cortisol and stress hormone levels define your rich and meaningful life and use your energy with purpose I've talked about this in other videos identify who's important in your life what are those relationships like what do you do how do you spend your energy to nurture those relationships what is important in your life and how do you spend your energy to nurture that and and identifying what things really actually need my energy? Does scrolling through uh TikTok or Instagram or Facebook use my energy in a way that's going to move me towards my goals or not? And generally the answer is no. And the interesting thing about a lot of social media is that it's actually been programmed to cause us to have repeated dopamine surges and because of that it can be somewhat quote addictive reduce time reduce or time limit internet usage and gaming which provides never-ending novelty and reinforcement or stress you can if you're shopping you can find never-ending novelty in whatever you're shopping for if you're looking at porn you can find never-ending novelty if you are on TikTok, you can find never-ending novelty novelty triggers dopamine so every time you find something that's new you get this hit of dopamine it's like oh let me pay attention to that likewise some people when they are on uh, the internet or even when they're gaming if they're losing it triggers a lot of excess stress that maybe they don't need um, so it's important to really ask yourself is this behavior an effective way to use my energy do i need to be doing this dopamine fasting does not actually reduce the amount of dopamine although it aims to reduce the stimulation of your dopaminergic system from impulsive problematic behaviors the dopamine fast alternative can help you rediscover things in your life that are pleasurable and be more mindful in your experience of them. Now, remember, neither the dopamine fast nor the dopamine fast alternative necessarily promotes meditation of any sort. What we're trying to do is reduce being bombarded with input, we're trying to reduce distress, we're trying to reduce overstimulation. When you allow your system to rest and rebalance, you may find that you're more successful when you do need to focus or you do need energy or motivation because your system has had a chance to rebalance itself a little bit and it's not completely overloaded.